Well, guys, we are back in our Family Sunday series um, where the kids are with us during our sermon. And we have been looking at Hebrews chapter 11 at different people who have been just regular people like you and me who have lived out lives of faith, who have done incredible acts of faith. And hopefully, when we look at these people's lives, then you and me can say, hey, if they could do it, we can do it. And we can start to live it out. So um, last week, we talked about Abraham and Isaac. And we're going to do our normal little review quiz. And so I'm going to really break for him. And I'm going to start over on this side. And let's, let's review what we've talked about and see if you can remember. Okay, first question is this. What is the definition of faith that we have been using for this series? Go to the next slide. You've got to fill in these two blanks. Anybody? Raise your hand and I'll pick on you. That means the mom has to do it. <laughs> Anybody? All right, Mark in the back. He's a big kid. Say it. It's for her. It's for her. Okay. For her. Okay. Believing in, believing in the unseen reality of God and what he is doing. Very good. Good job. Your heroes right here. It's awesome. Okay, second question. Let's do this little group right here in the center. How old was Abraham when his son Isaac was born? Raise your hand. This just this section right here. Come on, guys, this is an easy-peasy one. Jim, you're a good friend. Come on, guys. Tom, 100 years old. Awesome. Do you like special dark, Tom? All right, that's embarrassing. All right, third question right here. What did God tell Abraham to do with his son Isaac? Was it take him to Lambeau Field, take him fishing, sacrifice him, or homeschool him? Let me shoot the kids. I'll give you a candy for raising your hand. That was awesome. There you go. All right. I'm going to pick you in the orange. What did he tell him? Yeah, you. I guess everybody's wearing orange here, isn't it? You there with the cobra. Take him to Lambeau Field? No, but that's a good try. It's a good try. I'm sure if Packers were around that day, he might have said that. Okay, you in the orange. Sacrifice him. Good job. Here you go. I figured you would. All right. There's some serious Packer fans in our midst here today. All right, number four, this section right here, okay? How many days did Abraham wait till he obeyed God? Everybody's scared. Zero. Well done. Do you like just regular chart? you like the little nutty stuff? Here's Crackle. All right. All right, Zero, yeah, he got up the very next morning and got to it. All right, this is open to everyone. What did Isaac notice on their way to perform the sacrifice? Way in the back. You in the blue. That's exactly right. They didn't have a lamb to sacrifice for the offering. Great job. All right, last question here. Why was God pleased with Abraham at the end of the story? It's kind of a longer answer. First hand went up right there. That is excellent. Well, then you get two Mr. Goodbars for that. That was awesome. Great job. All right, guys. Instead of winging them 200 yards, I'm just going to throw them at you here. Okay, so pay attention. 
And I move fast. Pay attention. I guess I probably better not throw it at the back of your heads, right? All right, ready? Over there, guys. Wayne. The- oh, I probably better. Not. We had some black eyes last week. All right, guys. Here you go. Okay, and over here. This is my favorite part of the sermon. Whipping candy at people. I know you're a big stud. You don't eat candy, so. In the back, pay attention. Whoop. Pay attention. All right. I got five more. I'm going to whip them out. Third service can go without. Don't tell them I said that. Have I thrown at this screw yet? Oh, really? You guys are all... Come on, you guys. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> sorry, bud. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, you get to eat it, though. Oh, here's a... Someone put a special dark. Nobody wants this, right? Special dark. Amy, can you catch that? Oh, all right. All right, guys. We have got a very interesting story today. Uh, I'm kind of excited about it because I've never been able to... I've never actually preached on this story, so I'm excited to talk about it, to kind of tear into it. And it's a story that kind of needs some setting up to begin with. We kind of need to know the backdrop. And so what we're going to do is we're going to back all the way up to what we talked about last week with Abraham and Isaac. Remember, God promised Abraham and Sarah that they were going to have a little baby what? Boy. And his name was Isaac, and he was finally born. Well, Isaac eventually grew up, and he had, you know, got a wife, and he had two kids, um, Jacob and Esau. Well, then Jacob is who the lineage or who the Israelites came from. Jacob eventually had a bunch of kids, and there was one son named Joseph. Joseph was a pretty cool dude, but his brothers didn't like him. So long story short, they kind of turned their back on him, and they sold him into slavery. And he got taken all the way down to Egypt. Well, in Egypt, he had a rough go of it. I mean, he had a rough time. He was sold as a slave, and then something bad, bad things happened to him. He got thrown into a dungeon, into prison, and he lived there for many, many years in this prison. But then God worked a miracle, and suddenly he was put into Pharaoh's court. And, and guys, I'm, I'm going faster. I'm moving through this. Well, in Pharaoh's court, Pharaoh liked him so much that he put him as number two in the government, number two in the nation. He was the number two guy. So he had all this authority, all this power as the number two guy in Egypt. Well, God was working because up north where his family was from, they were going through a famine and they, were, they didn't have any food. And so long story short, Joseph had his family move down to the nation of Egypt and live there because they had plenty of food there. Well, they began to grow, and they began to multiply, and these people began to have more and more and more and more kids, and the nation grew into this gigantic nation of Israel, where some scholars think that there were over two million people in the Israelite nation living in the land of Egypt. Well, many years started to go down where the Pharaoh that came into rule had forgotten all about this Joseph guy, didn't even know who he was, and he's, you know, ruling the show, and he was an evil dude. He was an evil guy. And he saw all these Israelites, and he's like, whoa, this is getting a little dangerous. 
Uh, we shouldn't have these many people because what if they want to turn against us and take us over? What if they just join up with our enemies and say, hey, let's, let's, let's beat up on the Egyptians? They could do that because they're getting so many people. So he came up with an idea. He said, let's make them slaves. And so he forced all the Israelites into slavery and they had to work hard and they would beat them and it was terrible. Not only that, he made this very evil rule. He made all the Hebrew, all the Israelite midwives, those are the women who would help deliver the babies, he said, when you ever, whenever they have a baby boy, you have to kill it. Well, the Hebrew midwives, they didn't obey the king. They're like, there's no way we're going to do that. And so they ignored him. Well, so then the king decided to do something different. He began, he began to talk to his people and he says, all right, if you see an Israelite couple have a baby boy, you have permission to go throw that baby boy into the Nile River. Feed him to the crocodiles. You can throw him in there. And so suddenly, everybody would be paying attention. If there was a baby boy that was born, they could have, you know, if they gave him trouble, they could have the soldiers come in and they would take the baby and they would throw it in the Nile. And the little baby would be killed. Well, that's where we come onto our story today. And remember, we've been looking at the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. And we've been kind of picking our faith heroes from that. And so let's look at who our faith heroes are today. Verse 23, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents, because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Now, I know this verse kind of reads a little weird here. It kind of looks like Moses is our faith hero, but really... He's not our faith hero. Who is our faith heroes this morning as we look at this verse? Moses' parents, exactly. A young mom and a young dad who were parents of an already young family. They'd already had a girl and a boy, Miriam and Aaron, that we know of. And now we see they gave birth to another little baby boy. The only problem is they're living at a time where it was really dangerous to have a little baby boy. Because if you had a baby boy, what would happen to it? They would kill it. They would throw him into the Nile River. So it was this horrible thing. So if you gave birth to a boy and you didn't throw them into the Nile River, if anybody else saw your baby boy, they'd go, hey, he has, they have a baby boy. You need to take the baby boy and kill it. Any Egyptian could tattle on them. And your baby boy would be in severe danger. Can you imagine that? Parents, can you imagine being in that situation where somebody would come into your house and take your little baby boy and throw it to the crocodiles in the Nile River? Can't even imagine. I remember, you know, if somebody were to come in through my door to take my baby boy, they would have a fight in their hands. I know every father would feel that way. I remember when my firstborn, Alexander, was born, and she was full term, she was five pounds, 12 ounces, 15 inches long. She was just tiny. And I'm holding her, you know, and, and like, this is my little girl. And the nurse came in. She goes, um, we just have to draw some blood. So I'm like, oh, okay, must be harmless. And so I hand it to her. And she like grabs the baby. She grabs the foot and like bends it back and shoves a needle in. And like, you know, sucking his blood, pulls a vial out, grabs another one, grabs another one. And I'm like, and my little girl, she's like screaming. And this weird feeling came over me. I'm like, I'm going to grab this nurse and whip her out the window. I'm like, what are you doing? My baby? I got ticked. And she was doing a good thing. Imagine if somebody was coming to do harm to your kid. I mean, that would be a terrible situation. But that's where Moses' parents found themselves. They had a baby boy. 
and it was supposed to be killed. Now let me ask you guys, let me ask you boys and girls, if you didn't obey the king's orders, if you didn't obey the Pharaoh's orders, what would happen to you? What would be two things that might happen to you? You'd get thrown into either jail or you would be killed. Exactly. Two not so pretty things. You were not supposed to disobey the Pharaoh. You did not go against him. You were to obey him. So here are this young mom and dad holding their brand new little baby boy, knowing what the law was of the land that the king had proclaimed. What were they going to do? Well, Hebrew tells us, Hebrews tells us, let's look at it there. It says, by faith, Moses was hidden for three months by his parents. Now let's stop there for a second. Now tell me, I want you guys to think through this. How was it that Moses' parents showed faith by hiding their little baby boy? What do you think? Adults, you can answer this. How in the world were they showing faith by hiding their little baby boy? I didn't hear that fully. By not giving in to the king's orders and what? Okay, and not giving in to the pressure. Exactly. And there's a little bit more to add to that. And let's kind of add to that. And follow my reasoning with this, okay? So answer me out loud. What do you think God's law is about killing? Killing in general. But, you know, even killing babies. What would be God's law? Do not murder. Do not kill. Exactly. That's God's law. So, of course, He would not want you to kill your baby. What was the king's law about having a baby boy? You must kill the little baby boy. Okay? Throw it into the river. Now, if you didn't obey that law, what would happen? You'd go to jail or be killed or both. Exactly. So, follow me here. If Moses' parents chose not to kill their baby boy, then who did they choose to obey? God. Can they see God? No, He is unseen. They chose to obey their unseen God rather than to obey their seen King. And remember, faith is to believe in the unseen reality of God and in what He is doing. So even though they couldn't see God, they believed in Him and in what He was doing and they chose to obey Him instead of the King even though they might be killed for it. Kids, that is faith. Now let me tell you guys, this was not some little easy-peasy thing. They had to be very, this had to be very, very hard. Like for instance, if you told me, Luke, I want you to hide this pen for three months, would that be pretty easy? Yeah, very, very easy. But if you told me to hide a live baby, would that be easy? Why not? Because they're noisy. What else? They need to be fed. What else needs to happen? They need to be changed. They need to be taken care of. It's not just like a pen where you can shove it in a corner and hide it for three months and leave it alone. No, this little guy has to be taken care of. Not only does it need to be taken care of, like somebody said, they're noisy. 
They cry when they pee their diaper. They cry when they poop their diaper. They cry when you take off their diaper. They cry when you put on your diaper. They cry when they're uncomfortable. They cry when they're comfortable. They just cry, cry, cry. Babies cry. And it would have been very, very hard to try to hide a baby that needed to be cared for all the time. Can you imagine what it'd be like? You'd be sitting there, you know, trying to nurse little baby Moses and, you know, feed him in a bottle or whatever, and all of a sudden, someone's at the door. Hey, Tom, what's up, man? Look, you look like you ate a baby. Well, <laughs> you know me, I love food. <laughs> what's up? Or, you know, you know, finally they leave and you're like, okay, baby Moses, it's just okay. And someone comes again, you're like, hey, bro, what's up, man? No, just chilling here, just hanging out. You know, and you know, you, it was constantly like that. You were constantly having to look around and be careful. Nobody saw your little baby boy. And guys, how long did they do that for? Three months. Can you imagine how hard that would have been? How many close calls did they have, have to, you know, to go through in that? Guys, that took faith. And and, and the question we need to ask ourselves is, how could they do that? Why would they do that? Why did they show such faith in this situation? Well, Hebrews actually gives us the answer. Let me show you. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. And say this out loud with me. Because they saw that the, babe, the child was what? Beautiful. Why did they by faith hide him for three months? Because they saw that the baby boy was beautiful. They saw that their little baby boy was beautiful. Now, is it just me? Or is that kind of a weird statement? Isn't that kind of strange that that says that? I mean, I don't know about you, but it says they saw that their little baby was beautiful. Tell me. What parents don't think their baby boy is beautiful? All parents do. I mean, what parent is going to say, holy smokes, honey, our baby's ugly. (laughs) No parent would. So this statement seems kind of weird. Plus, guys, the truth is, babies are cute, aren't they? Babies are adorable. They're beautiful. Everybody loves looking at babies. Especially girls. You girls love babies. I don't care how old you are. You love babies. Women just love babies. I remember when I was in high school, and my sister had her little you know, baby girl, her first one was my little niece, and she would come to my track meet. So I'd run up and grab my little niece, and I'd kind of walk around, you know, all my high school friends, and all the chicks would just flock to me, and I'd be like, hey, what's up, girls? You know, it's my little niece. And they'd be like, oh, she's so cute, and you're so good with her. And I'm like, well, you know, it's just... Uh... Girls love babies. Everybody loves babies. They're cute. So if babies are cute, then you know what that means? Every single one of us at some point in our life were cute. That's kind of awesome to think. At least at some point in our life we were cute. Even the white stone pastors were cute at some point. I know that's hard to believe. In fact, let's look at this little cutie right here. Who do you think this is? You're just saying Doug because it's almost a black and white picture. But you're right. That's Doug. Wasn't he a little cutie? Whatever happened to him? Who do you think this next guy is? 
Oh, little Josh. Yeah, they guessed you, Josh. Look at that. He hasn't changed. He's still got his little baby face there. All right, who do you think this next guy is? What do you think? Yep, good job. That's Kirk. See, he was even cute at one time. Now, it's really hard to imagine. I mean, when you look at Jake, there's just no way he was cute, even as a baby. In fact, we got his baby picture, and I didn't know if I should post it, but here it is. I mean, this is... Isn't that scary? That was at three months. No, actually, unbelievably, Jake's probably the cutest of the bunch. Look at this next picture. Isn't he just adorable? Look at that little guy. Whatever happened to him, look at this next picture. I mean, it's just crazy. But... And then the last one is me. I look like a little minion there. But see, all of us at one point were cute. Babies are are cute, and that's just the reality. But if all babies are cute, then why was it such an act of faith for Moses' parents to hide him? Do you see what I mean? What does a beautiful baby have to do with it? Well, here's what I think is going on. And I may be wrong. I've been wrong many times. But here's what I think. Yes, it's true. Babies are cute. Everyone would agree with that. We just looked at some cute pictures. But what you don't realize is that these pictures that I've just shown you are babies that are like three to eight or ten months old. So they've had a chance to get cute. They aren't newborns. You see, newborns, on the other hand, aren't cute at all. Now, I know you, you mothers are like, oh, Luke, how mean. But let, can I get an amen in here? <laughs> newborns are not cute. Look at some of these newborn pictures here. <laughs> and I know even you mothers are like, they're still cute. <laughs> no, they're not. Can we just be honest for a second? I remember when my firstborn Alex was born, she came out and I didn't know what to do. She had this cone head that went really high. Look at this next picture. She looked like this. And I'm like, turning nurse, I'm like, is this normal? You know what? We just gave birth to an alien. This is like the freakiest thing ever. And they're like, oh yeah, don't worry about it, Luke. In a few days, it'll just go back to normal. But I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Because it's just ugly. You know that the Yanomamo Indians, these are the Indians that live in the Amazon jungle in Venezuela, when a baby's born like that, guess what they do? They take the head and they push it and they form it to the shape that they want. Because the head, the baby's head is real soft and formable, so they just ply it like they want, like, hey, perfect, we got you. <laughs> Nothing happens to them, but that's what they do. I almost tried that with my daughter until they told me that it was... Apparently, when I was born, I had this huge head... And this little body, and when my sister saw me, she was like, Mommy, that's the ugliest baby I've ever seen. The point I'm making is that newborns can be ugly. So when it says that Moses' parents hid him for three months because he was a beautiful child, then that means he was beautiful from day one. He was a beautiful newborn. Which, and maybe this is a stretch, But that's kind of miraculous. 
You have to kind of think that God specially formed this little child, Moses, in such a way that when he was born, he was absolutely perfect. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like when Moses was born, God had divinely given him something special in the way he looked so that the parents said to themselves, this kid is exquisite. He's beautiful. He's perfect. And you know what? They would know because they had two other kids. They know what newborns look like. Did you realize that that word that they used there in the story there in Exodus chapter 2, it says that she saw that the child was beautiful. Do you know that that is the same Hebrew word that is used in Genesis when God created the earth? Remember how it says God created the earth and He saw that it was good. Now, when he saw that it was good, it wasn't like, eh, it's so-so, it's okay. No. When he saw that it was good, it meant that he saw that it was perfect. It was exquisite. It was absolutely gorgeous. It's the same word. When they saw this little baby Moses, they saw that it was perfect, that he was exquisite, he was good, he was perfectly beautiful. And they realized that God has something really, really special in store for this little guy. So by faith, they hid him for three months. And the point I want us all to see in this is pretty simple. Our invisible God, who we can't see, kids, He will often touch the visible world that we can see in such a way that we can by faith know that He is at work. And faith, probably a better way to put it, is people living by faith pay attention to that. They're looking for that. They're paying attention to that. And then, when they see it, they act with God in it. In other words, people living by faith don't just chalk things up to coincidence. They don't just say, wow, that's awesome. Well, I love how that worked out. No, they acknowledge that God is at work. And then they go into work with Him. And guys, God will do this often in our lives. We just need to be paying attention to it. This can come in the form of a promotion at work where you get this amazing promotion out of nowhere and you step back, you need to go, wow, God's at work here. God, how do you want me to work with you in this? What are you doing? I want to join you. It may happen in that you, in fact you lose your job. They say, you know what, we're going we're gonna to downsize and we're going to move you out. You need to sit back and say, okay, God, you're at work here. How do you want me to join you in this? God is at work all around us. And people of faith pay attention to it. And they join Him in it. And guys, we need to learn to live like that. Don't just sit back and say, wow, what a coincidence. No. Ponder what God is doing. Pay attention to what He's doing and join Him in it. Does that make sense? We need to learn to do that, Whitestone. Boys and girls and men and women. Hebrews mentions another reason why they acted out in faith. Pay attention to this. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful. And, let's say it out loud, let's read it out loud, they were not afraid of the king's edict. They were not afraid of the king's edict. In other words, they did not fear what might happen to them if they chose to obey God rather than a human king. 
Guys, here's the deal. Boys and girls and adults, I want you to listen to this. Pay attention to this. People living by faith fear God over man. Here's the beauty of what Moses' parents did. Death was staring them in their faces. If they chose to disobey the king, they could be killed. They could have a sword, you know, take and stab them or spear stab them. They could be thrown into prison. And they could be thrown and, you know, have their baby taken from them anyways. And guys, these are all things they could see. They could see the swords. They could see the spears. They could see the huge evil army. They could see the evil king. They could see this stuff. These were physical things. And guys, those are scary things. Swords are scary. Spears are scary. Armies are scary. Evil kings are scary. Death is scary. But faith, true faith fears God over these physical things. It cares about what God wants. And yes, they could not see God, but they believed Him. They believed in Him and they had faith in Him. And if God wanted this little boy to live, then they were going to obey God. They were not going to care what some little weenie king was going to say. God is more important. God is more powerful. God is the one that matters, not the king. And that being the case, they did not fear the king's edict. They obey God. And for three months, they keep this little boy alive, hiding him from everyone. And you know what? Moses is saved because his parents showed faith. Let me ask you guys something. Are there things that God is asking you to do in your life? He's asking you to do something in your life. But you are more scared about what other people might say or do to you, so you choose not to do it. If that's true of your life, there's no other way to put this than this. You are being faithless. Unfaithful. That is not living by faith. Whitestone as men and women and boys and girls who are learning to live by faith, we must learn to fear God over mankind. Amen? We must. We cannot live by faith without it. We've got to fear God over mankind. We can't care what mankind's going to say or do to us. We just got to care what God says and tells us to do. That's what faith does. All right, kids. We're going to stop there because this story actually goes on and we're going to look at it next week and it's going to get crazy, really crazy. And so we're going to look at that next week and we're going to keep looking at some acts of faith and what, what, what's going on and who's the faith hero. And so you're going to have to hang on to that. But just to review and to wrap up, let's hit the two points that we covered today and I want you to say them out loud with me, okay? You can read them on the screen behind me. First is this, say it out loud. People living by faith pay attention to our invisible God affects the visible world. Forgot the how in there. And then they act with Him. Amen? Let's do that. Let's look at the last one. Say it out loud with me. People living by faith fear God over man. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You so much for this little tiny story in the Bible. And yet, even though it's little, we can learn something from it. 
And I pray for every boy and girl in the room, every man and woman in the room, I pray that we would be people who pay attention to see how You are working around us. And even though we can't see You, we see You at work. And we believe You. And we work with You. And I pray, God, that we wouldn't fear man or fear what man might do to us. But may we just fear You and obey You. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, just want to say I love you so much. Let's keep living lives of faith. Let's keep running after Jesus, and we can do that together. If anybody would like to be prayed for, anybody would like to pray that God would help them in this life of faith, Linda would love to do that with you. Um, Otherwise, we'll see you next Sunday. Have a great week.